Welcome to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge, brought to you by Ditch Witch, proud to support the sport we all love. I'm Steve Brigman, and I'm here with the man, everybody's favorite television fisherman, the host of Bass Edge Television, Aaron Martin. What's going on, Aaron? Well, obviously, you have been on vacation way too long, <laughs> but no, we have a, a great show lined up as we have FLW veteran Daryl Robertson will be joining us, and then Steve, we're going to get into something that I know you love to do and talk about Christmas gifts. Oh, I'm all about Christmas gifts. I'm I'm about the receiving, not so much the shopping. But well, that that's obvious. <laughs> well, it's great to have Daryl here on the show, and it's great to be back right here on the Edge. Get her like that was one good job. I don't know of any other sport that offers the challenge of bass fishing. Oh, did you see yes, that? I saw that. That was awesome. <laughs> Watch for the fish to pace the bait. What do you think of that, huh? Yeah. That's full contact fishing right there. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Well, Aaron, it's good to be here to visit with you today. Uh, It's been a couple weeks. We took a little holiday break, but uh, I hope yours was a good one. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. However, I must tell you, I knew I was in trouble when uh, I realized that there was actually more dishes on the table than what there were people in attendance. So needless to say, I got got my belly full. Boy, I know. You sit down at the the family Thanksgiving dinner, and you can't... uh, can't decide. I mean, you can't fit everything on your plate, so you you got to make some hard choices. But uh, well, I was able to, I was able to decide. Went strong with the dressing. Yeah, I was able to decide too. Of course, <laughs> uh, just saying the prayer to thank, uh, be thankful for all the food that was prepared took us forever. But uh, needless to say, I I, I p- kind of pigged out in the dessert line. Well, uh, yeah, I put on a pound or two, but anyway. <laughs> Well, well, did you do anything fun over the holidays? You know, I uh, I just spent time with family. Got to see uh, several of my uh, nephews and and uh, my niece that I I don't get to see quite often. So caught up with family and uh, anyway, uh, we just had a good time. You know, just kind of low key, which is always nice. Um, tried to stay away from the hustle and bustle, but I did not. I tell you one thing, I did not do. I didn't participate in the whole Black Friday thing. So uh, <laughs> that's just not for me. But you know, I I think uh, you went to Texas, right? Yeah, I did. I did. Did you and, get to go uh, fishing? Well, no. It was. A, it was a short trip. I wished I had. And the weather was just beautiful. I mean, it's still early down here, uh, down there. I mean, uh, you know, on the drive down, we saw very few ducks on ponds, and there's probably still some some shallow water fishing going on down there. But uh, but we spent our time with family and didn't have a chance to get out. Well, you know, speaking of shallow water fishing, uh, this is kind of my time of year. We're just now starting to get to where we're having some consistent frost and also, you know, that that nighttime temperature is dipping down into the 30s. And uh, that means one thing, Steve, that that, uh, the water is cooling down. And, And you know what's not too far away is what we like to talk about and what I like to do a lot, and that is the topic of, of uh, getting out and drop shotting and setting over those schools of bait fish and doing some vertical fishing. But right now, I've got to tell you, you know, the reports are that I'm getting is that the fish are still shallow, and uh, there's a lot of fish being caught on spinner baits and, you know, rattle traps and uh, uh, basically the, you know, the gizzard shad up on Lake of the Ozarks. I heard those are basically uh, in inches of water. 
Well, man, it's a great time to fish when that's going on. And I, I think weather's holding here, and it seems to be in a lot of the country. And, uh, you know, we probably just got that one more good week or two before it's time to, you know, get on the graph and get out in that deep water and looking for looking for those uh, those huge schools of shad and, and the fish that follow them. But uh, I look forward to that because, you know, here at our, uh, you know, local lake, Table Rock, it really is one of the best times of year to fish. Well, it absolutely is. And, you know, I was kind of going through my logbook the other day and just uh, starting to, I guess, get the itch to get out there and, and set over top of them. I, like I said, I do think it's a little bit early, but, you know, last year I can remember January 4th was kind of the first day uh, when I really started getting on them and then was able to stick with those schools of, of bait fish and also schools of bass, you know, pretty much all the way through March. And uh, that is the great thing about this time of year or leading into this time of year is that once you um, kind of find what to look for and where the fish, or more importantly, I should say, where the bait fish are using those electronics, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can really do some damage. You know, as we move along from this point, it's time to start sort of start tracking that sh- that bait and watching it, and it will be moving out here soon. Our our lake temperatures are dropping, and uh, and and you know, if you can go a lot, it's great just to follow them out. But uh, you know, uh, if you can't get out until uh, you know it's really really cold, look for the birds. Absolutely, look for the birds, and you know, then of course uh, we bring into play the jerk bait, the infamous jerk bait that works so well. Um, but you know, I can also remember Steve this time of year, the latter part of November on in through December, where I've caught several fish actually on a buzz bait, just running it parallel as close to the where the water meets the shore as possible, and um, you know, that's kind of a of a technique that I've used to have some success on, um, you know, when those shad are right up against the bank. Boy, I tell you, we really ought to go fishing this week. <laughs> I, I think I think we we almost owe it to our listeners to get out and uh, you know try some of the stuff that we're referring to. Oh well, if you can't go fishing, let's talk fishing, and nobody better than Daryl Robertson. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back on the edge. Productivity. Speed. It's the best trencher ever made. Not to mention the best plow. Dumper. Tiller. Backhoe. Stump grinder. And tool carrier ever made. The Zahn. The revolution is here. Now you can harness the full power of your boat electronics and catch more fish. Introducing Electronics 101. Whether a beginner or more advanced, leading electronics instructor Mike Webb shows you how to get the most out of any sonar unit. Common problems and frequently asked questions are covered in detail. Electronics 101 also includes bonus deep fishing tips from industry pros. Master any brand graph. Electronics 101. Harness the full power of your boat electronics and catch more fish. I'm Travis Ruling, and you're listening to Bass Edges, The Edge. We are back, and I am excited to have a veteran FLW angler with earnings of more than $1.6 million. Some say his skills as a hunter surpass those with a rod and reel, and here to tell us about it, from Jay, Oklahoma, it's Daryl Robertson. Daryl, welcome to The Edge. 
Hey, it's good to be here. I haven't uh, talked too much or talked too much about fishing for two or three months, but I'm about ready to get started. It is about ready to happen, and I, I guess it's uh, safe to say or safe to assume, Daryl, that you've probably spent a few hours in the woods this deer season? Oh, yeah, yeah. How'd that go for you? I'm going again here in just a little bit. <laughs> well, well, we'll try not to uh, keep it too long, but uh, how's it going for you in the in the woods? Oh, I've had a good time. i tell you what, I went elk cutting a couple of times, and uh, I think I'm kind of like that, you know, that Wendy on Josie Wales movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Couldn't hardly sneak up on nothing anymore. I think I'm kind of like him. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm sure to according to your standards that's probably the case but for most of us uh reality is that that you're probably quite the quite the woodsman. But you know, and that brings up a good point, Daryl, is because most of us appreciate, you know, the outdoors as a way to unwind and and more or less get our minds off of business. And that has to be especially important for you being a full-time professional angler, a businessman and then also, you know, kind of with your farm and ranching responsibilities. Well, it's, it's, I really, really, you know, thank the good Lord to give me an opportunity to go hunting and stuff because I, a guy asked me one time if I, did I, you know, did I like to hunt? I said, I like to fish, but I love to hunt, you know, and it's, I just, I just really like it. I, uh, you know, and I really don't have to kill anything to enjoy it. I, this morning, for example, I, I went deer hunting there and, uh, I'd done something I had never done. It was a real, real quiet morning. And I seen a pretty good sized buck, and he was about 500 yards from me. And I blew a grunt and called that deer up to me. Wow! Well, but, uh, it, I wouldn't have ever thought that deer could have heard me because he was 500 yards from me. But uh, and like I say, he was a nice buck, but I didn't shoot him because he's on my place there, and I'd like for him to get bigger, you know. So I didn't shoot him. Sure, sure. And the only way was just getting call him up, you know. I mean, that you know, I just love to hunt. I don't have to kill something. I just love to hunt. Well, and I think that's that's the way it is for most of us. You know, it's about the experience and kind of anything yeah. that happens beyond that is is somewhat, you know, of a bonus, I guess. Oh yeah, and I got kids and grandkids that like to shoot something because they've never shot anything. You know, so I, I would much rather see one of them, you know, you know, kill a deer and, and uh, you know be tickled about it. And you know, I like that. I, I think we're kind of you know in the United States we're kind of losing the art of hunting. You know, I, you know, there's not near as many young people. I don't believe hunt as there was. 15 years ago and you know for example you can go to Colorado elk hunting or something and there's not near the people there that there was 15 years ago you know, so I think it's, it's kind of an art that we're losing you know so I, I like the opportunity of, of learning the kids and grandkids how to hunt you know Absolutely. And, you, you know, you kind of bring up a good point as far as, you know, participation by, by the younger generation or the next generation, if you will. And, you know, everywhere we turn, there are reports about the economy. And yeah. I, I would kind of like to hear your thoughts on how that is impacting the fishing industry as well as, you know, kind of the decisions that you're faced with as a professional angler. Well, I, th- I think, you know, I think we all kind of got to tighten our belts just a little bit here till you know, I believe someday things will turn around a little bit, but, uh, you know, if they don't, we still need to learn how to tighten our belts up a little bit because it's still an enjoyable sport. And, uh, you know, even, you know, not just for tournament fishing, but just just for fishing, you know, it's it's a, it's a sport that needs to be, I think it's, it'll grow, you know, the sport of fishing will, you know. You know, the amount of money and stuff that's in tournaments, it may not grow for a while, but... Uh, well, and, and to be honest with you, you know, tournament fishing is dependent upon, 
you know, the recreational angler who um, may choose to, to get in on a weekend derby or something like that. But bottom yeah. line, it comes back to that experience that you and I were talking about at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, tournament fishing is it, kind of like I started out, you know. I I fished for a long time, and, and uh, you know, to be real honest, it can, it can get quite addictive, especially on a smaller level, you know. But that's that's what feeds the tournament trail, you know, is, is people that, you know, they, they get to doing it and, and you know, most people that do it are competitive, and, and that's the reason they do do it. You know, that, well, I can catch a bass. I can catch one better than somebody else, you know. Sure. Always always uh, trying to outsmart the, the little green monster underneath the water. And, you know, speaking of yeah. which, here we are the, the first week of December. And yeah. how do you categorize, I guess, the general behaviors of, of bass this time of year? Well, it depends on where you're at. Like, like where I'm at right here, up in northern Oklahoma, it uh, you know right now our water temperatures are really not all that cool. They're you know probably in the in the mid fifties, and you know it's some of the better days to fish. It, you know you get the weather right and water in the mid fifties or low fifties, and hey these fish will bite you know because they're they're trying to feed up because they're they're one you know they're thinking this water is going to be down to about thirty eight degrees here for too long, and they don't like to feed up here when it gets like that. So anytime you have like a week like we had last week, which I didn't go fishing, I went hunting, but uh, when you have those pretty days and that water warms up, those fish feed because they, they know they're not going to be able to maybe in three weeks, you know. Sure. And, you know, speaking of, of kind of knowing that, you know, the fish are starting to feed up and, and the cooler water is coming, are there certain high percentage areas that, that you are concentrating on this time of year? Well, Sure, it's, it's, as the water gets cooler, you know, I, I, I head more for where water's running in or there's some, you know, spring-type water, you know, that's coming into the lake. and it, uh, I, You know, I just think fish, they kind of just migrate there, you know. It, uh, you know, here on Grand Lake, I, I there's, there's two or three creeks, you know, that runs in at some times. And in January, I have just really caught big stringers of fish when, you know, the lake temperature was like 38 degrees. But uh, you might have a rain or something, you know, and cause one of these freshwater creeks to be running a little bit extra. And, of course, that water that runs out of the ground, you know, it's about 57 degrees most of the time. And, and, you know, if you know where there's a pretty good spring comes out close to one of those creeks or even in a bay in a lake where a spring comes out, a lot of times you can just really catch a fish when the water's really cold. Well, and that's because of what you speak of with the consistency of the warmer water. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, you know, there'll be some warmer water feeding in, and, you know, they, it seems like in the wintertime, those places are always full of crawdads. You know, if you can find that spring, which I know where to, a couple of those places are at in Grand Lake, is out in the lake, and you can catch fish on a jig or, you know, a little grub or something in the wintertime, you know, <laughs> if somebody else is not sitting there, which is a lot of people knows anymore, it used to be a secret, and I, I used to make a living in the wintertime in tournaments, but... You know, those secrets all go away, you know. Sure, especially with uh, today's technology. And, you know, which yeah. kind of leads me to my next question concerning bait choices. Um, what are your top your top bait choices for kind of heading into this time of year? I know you bring up crawdads. Is that kind of your go-to bait? Well, yeah. You know, this time of year, I would still, until they get right back in the creeks and springs, though, I still am not above throwing a rattle trap, you know, fish if that water's up in the 50s, those fish will run up, 
you know, feed. They feed on shad, which our lake's full of shad, you know. When it gets below 50, then I kind of like to go something else. But, uh, you know, 48 degrees and up, so I throw a rattle trap a lot. And are you working that up in the water column? Or are you kind of yo-yoing it, or what's what's the ideal? I usually try to on here on Grand Lake. I usually, you know, I'm trying to usually fish in five foot of water or less. So, you know, pretty much just crank it, you know, throw it out there and wind it back. And what about as far as, you know, when, you, when you're narrowing down, let's say, a rattle trap, trap or, a, or a jig, um, what about as far as color selection of the bait? Yeah, as long as it's blue and chrome, it'll probably work. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter as long as it's blue and chrome, right? Yeah, that's about it. I mean, no, I mean, there's a lot of other colors, too, I catch them on, you know. I mean, you, you know, I throw a red rattle trap a lot, but, I, you, you know, a red rattle trap usually, I think, works better after the water's been cold, you know, because... You know, shad has been cold. to get bloody streaks on them, you know, and this and that. And that's one that red rattle trap, I think, works the best. But, you know, like in the fall, I usually throw a cold and blue. And, you know, speaking about water coming in and kind of with what's going on, you know, with, uh, I, I guess, rains and possible snow and winter storms that will be coming through, how about as far as water clarity or, or color? Does that play a big factor in, in where you're going to be setting up shop? It, it does with me because as, as the water gets colder, I, I just have to get the clear water. You know, it, you know, muddy water and cold water, just that's, that's a bad combination for me. I, I start looking for clear, you know, the colder the water gets. And it's usually, are, are you going away from kind of the, you know, are you staying more down towards the dam, let's say, if it's a reservoir, or are you going up to the upper ends of the tributary, or does it all well, depend? You, you said it right there. You either go down towards the dam where the clear water is and fish deeper, or you get up in tributaries where there's actually clear water running in, you know. And, you know, as not, that... Not much in the middle. I don't, I, you know, between the two, I don't I don't fish much when that water gets down in the mid-40s and down, you know. Is, is that just because it has normally, you know, a different tint to it, and it's kind of the recipient of all the runoff that's mixing together? Well, it just... That's probably a lot of it, the color, you know, the color of the water, you know, like it, it, in the lake here where I live, it, uh, it's usually kind of dingy, like right now. It's it's real dingy in the middle part of the lake because we had a lot of big rains early in the fall. You know, the lake come up, and went down, but it flushed a lot of a lot of dirty water in the lake. Sure, and you know, with the the cooling water, obviously, it's no secret that metabolism of of bass starts to slow. What changes do we as anglers need to make in order to kind of achieve our desired results? You know, when we hit the water. Well, if you're fishing, you know, like in you know, January and February and, and, and reservoirs, you know, like this far north, it's, I don't know, you, you just got to slow down, fish smaller baits. I, I I fish a grub a lot, you know, whenever I'm fishing, you know, that time of year. And, you know, when the water gets down there in the mid-40s, I, you know, crankbait will catch some fish, and a little bit later, you know, jerkbait works really good. But, uh, you know, it, it's usually... You know, pull out a grub or something like that and do a lot of fishing with that. When you're throwing the grub, are you fishing for suspended bass or are you swimming it on the bottom? Or I, how, use, how are you I, usually, I usually fish it on the bottom. And, and a lot of times I use, you know, like a little hula grub, you know, kind of imitate the tater crawdad. 
And is there a, do you see a big difference or a big difference in the response, I should say, between that, let's say, and, and just throwing a regular jig with a trailer? Well, I, I seem like I can get a lot more bites, you know, just with, you know, like a little hula grub. It just, you know, it may be because smaller fish and bigger fish both bite it, you know, and when you get a jig out there, they kind of tend to catch a little bit bigger fish, but. Jig's not a bad bait either, you know, but it, it, like I say, if I really, really need to catch a fish and they're not biting very good, I usually downsize their grub. Well, and that's just kind of, you know, good thinking from the standpoint because it's all about bites and still you, until you start getting some reactions, you know, yeah. you, you yeah. really don't know where to go from there. Yeah, that's true. You know, and what are your, I guess, your leading indicators to kind of tell you, you know, when you need to maybe go to a grub or, you know, slow down? or downsize even, like you brought up a little bit earlier. Uh, are you looking at water temperature, you know, time of day, moon phase? What kind of goes into that? I, I usually just look at, you know, mainly water temperatures. You know, looking, you know, you also, it, it depends a lot on your lake, you know, that you're on. We, where, where I live right here is on Grand Lake, which it has an influx of water, you know, out of Kansas and a lot of farm ground and, you know, sometimes we're really clear, you know, and sometimes we're pretty dingy. But then you can go down here. We've got a smaller lake, oh, about 15 miles south down here, Lake Uchi, and it, it's fed by a couple of, you know, just really spring-fed creeks, you know, all, all year round. And it doesn't really make any difference if the water's 38 degrees. You, you can catch fish. They, they bite like they would if it was, uh, you know, 50 degrees. But on this lake up here, that doesn't happen, and I, I blame it on the water clarity. I think that, you know, fish just get more sluggish in that dirtier water, you know, when it gets colder. And, you know, one of the things that you brought up a little bit earlier was that wintertime, you know, usually means that a lot of the man-made reservoirs, at least, are kind of um, going into their drawdown period to get ready for, you know, the rains and the precipitation that's yet to come. Does yeah. does the falling water, you know, have an impact on the bass? I I don't think so. I, matter of fact, I'd rather fish a lake when it's going down than when it's coming up by far. But, you know, those, those bass are, you know, they're going to just stay so deep, mostly usually in that water. I mean, the majority of them are going to be around eight foot, regardless what it's like, you know. Sure, and I guess, you know, depending there again, you know, where you're at in the country, deep, as we've said many times here, is kind of a relative term. You go farther south, it may not be as deep, or you get on some yeah. of the highland reservoirs, you know, and that yeah. eight feet could be shallow. Yeah, well, I, I, think the, I think the clarity of the water really determines you know, whether eight feet deep or 20 feet deep, you know. It, uh, I, I think it has a, a lot to do with, you know, how deep you're going to catch fish is, you know, the clarity of that water. It, it, it's like this lake here where we live, it's like the majority of the bass, the majority of the year around eight foot deep, even though you can catch them fish 25 foot deep or 30 foot deep, you know, at times. Sure. In certain places, but not... In the mid lake up here, usually about eight foot deep is about the magic number, you know, to find fish. And, you know, with that being said, kind of what is your, I guess, ideal scenario of uh, visibility? How, you know, do you, do you like a, you know, a foot or so of visibility or do you, are we talking, you know, four to five feet of visibility? 
well, as much as much traveling around as, as we've done, you know, in the last 15 years fishing, you know, bass and FLW and fishing in different reservoirs, I have probably had, I've probably learned how to catch fish better, you know, when, when I can go up to a lake and I can see a couple of feet deep in it, regardless what time of year it is, I've probably had more success. And what about as far as, you know, this is kind of the time of year when the northerns blow through, and are you looking for uh, areas that are exposed to the wind or protected from the wind, or what about that? Well, most of these lakes that don't have grass in them, you you know, it it depends a lot on what, you know, is, is, is the temperature rising or is the temperature dropping, you know, I I don't really... And it may just be because of me, you know. I, I don't really want to get out there on the south bank with the wind blowing 25 miles an hour and it, you know, and at 40 degrees, you know. I just something about that don't feel like bass fishing. But you get, <laughs> get the wind out of south, get on the north bank with it about 60 degrees, and and that feels like the place to catch fish, you know. Sure. It is. You know, wind does play a part in it. I mean, wind pushes bait fish up to the bank. It plays a part with fish getting active, you know. But like I say. In the wintertime, sometimes that don't feel like that's the thing to do either, you know. Mainly yeah. because that's what you feel, not what the fish feels. Absolutely, you know. And in closing, you know, wintertime bass fishing is worth, you know, the discomfort. But with that being said, you know, offer some tips that you've adopted that, you know, help ensure kind of our time on the water is safe. Because, you know, fishing in the winter can be can be a little bit dangerous. Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I, never, I never was really one for these you know, these Hornets life jackets, I mean, inflatable life jackets. But I think if you're fishing in the wintertime in any of these reservoirs, you know, where you're fishing 15, 20, 30 foot of water off the bank and you've got coveralls on and this and that, you better have an inflatable life jacket on because you just, you know, you can be pretty athletic, pretty tough, but it's pretty hard to get around in that water with all these clothes on. So, I mean, my tip would be to be sure and wear an inflatable life jacket when you're fishing in cold temperatures with lots of clothes on deep water. Well, that's that's good advice. I don't care how good of shape you're in. You know, you hit 38-degree uh, yeah. water, it doesn't take too long for hypothermia to set in, and you lose all track of, of where you're at. So, uh, anyway, yeah. unfortunately, Daryl, we do need to take a break. But before we head out, thanks so much for being part of the Edge, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next time. Okay. Hey, I appreciate it. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. Welcome back to The Edge, brought to you in part by Ditch Witches Zod, establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility. Well, man, Aaron, it was great to hear Daryl talk about hunting, but it made me, I don't know, it touched something. Uh, I have not even been hunting this year. I know that's terrible, and I apologize to you for that, but I have not been hunting this year. Well, you should apologize. I know you like to do it. And, of course, uh, you know, I've got to see a lot of pictures of guys that's been, uh, you know, sending me text of, of their their uh, deer that they've got and it looks like for for some it's been a fantastic season well i i know it has been and uh boy i just missed the uh you know the time in the woods uh you know I, as you know i'd spent uh several years guiding and i 
I love that being out as much as I did the hunt itself. And you sound like Daryl kind of was sort of understood where I was coming from on that. You know, it's the hunt and not the uh, not the harvest necessarily that 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 makes you know hunting in the fall such a great. Uh, combination. Well, it is, and I certainly appreciated his story that, uh, you know, he shared concerning calling that deer in, you know, with the grunt call and just uh, seeing uh, how it reacted. He, you know, he obviously didn't even end up shooting it, but it was just the experience. And, you know, that kind of ties over into the fishing so many times uh all of us have stories that you know we can remember or share and it's not always about how many we caught or the size of the catch but it's about the little things and it's just about out there enjoying nature and doing what you love well i thought it was interesting too hearing daryl talk i mean grand lake we're uh boy it's just just less than a couple hours over there from here but what a difference between our Highland Lakes here and his lake. And I found it very interesting uh, as a contrast that you and I will be out here in a month or so, you know, fishing at 50 and 60 feet. And he never fishes that deep over a grand. No, he doesn't. It doesn't mean, you know, like he pointed out, it doesn't mean that there aren't fish in the depths. He just believes that there's always shallow fish to be found. And, you know, I think that goes back to uh, some of the interviews that we've done on here before, much like Davey Height brought up one time last year concerning fishing your personality. And, you know, I'm pretty much convinced that even on Table Rock, even though, you know, we talk a lot about deep fishing, you know, that there's probably uh, some shallow fish to be found as well. It's just that, you know, that's one of the things that I have confidence in, developed a skill there, and uh, that's what anglers need to do is, is develop that skill and go after what they believe in. Well, that, that you know, that's true. And, and you know, every lake's got his personality, and, uh, you know, it helps to, uh, uh, you know, develop a knowledge of a specific lake, but, uh uh, anyway, it's great to hear from Daryl. Uh, always great to hear from our friends over in Oklahoma. But uh, you know, I thought I did want to ask you with your uh, with the time off. Uh, have you started your Christmas shopping yet? Well, you know, I have done a little bit, but I've got to be honest in, in telling you that you really threw me a curveball when uh, Kathy told me that she had already purchased you the Snuggy fleece blanket with the sleeves as seen on TV. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it just messes my whole thing up. I guess I'm going to have to go to kind of plan B and, and get you that limited edition just for men holiday set. <laughs> How about you, Steve? Oh, yeah, that's, that's as sweet as you can be, aren't you? Well, I don't know. You're hard to shop for because you've got everything. Oh, yeah, stop it. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I look at that Bass Edge boat, and I, you just wonder, what in the world does this guy have that uh, that that, uh, that I can buy him that he doesn't have for fishing? So, uh, Well, I ha- you know, I have to have a lot because you, you never bring any gear, you know. You always <laughs> that's because there's me. no room for it. No, that's because that's you want to use my lures instead. <laughs> no, I guess this year I'll just have to stay away from the... Uh, the fishing gear and get you that European handbag you've had your eye on. Oh yeah, now now make sure you know you get that in that that red <laughs> imitation leather that I like so well. So. To match those, to match your shoes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so no, but hey, speaking of of holiday shopping, you know we are. It's hard to believe, but we are at that time of year. And uh, kind of, I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, there's some things I think that are must-haves for anglers or even outdoorsmen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of heading into the, I guess, the cooler times, obviously, depending on where you're at in the country, but it's a relative term. You know, I would like to just kind of tag on to what uh, Daryl had said earlier, and that's, you know, making sure that you have one of those self-inflating 
personal flotation devices. Um, and, and you need to wear that all the time because if you were ever to, you know, fall out, which I've actually had two people in my boat fall out before, you know, you hit uh, 40 degree water, it doesn't take too long before hypothermia sets in and you're done. Man, that's such a good point. And, you know, to be honest here, and, you know, those are not the kind of things we necessarily are really quick to go out and buy for ourselves. But, uh, man, for you wives out there and uh, parents, uh, that is a great gift to to give that loved one, that loved one angler of yours. And, man, it might just save his life. And, you know, to me, when you buy, I, I somebody buys me a Christmas present that it's like, well, I'll be able to use it in, in April, you know. Right. Uh, and, uh, but the life jacket, of course, is one of those gifts that, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, you know, it's great all year, super important in, in this cold water. But, uh, you know, just, you know, anglers like you have all the gear they want, but, man, you can never have too much really good clothes to fish in. You know, the warm clothes, the layered clothing, uh, and I just think that's always a good a good purchase for Christmas gifts. One of the things that go along with the clothes that I wouldn't trade, you know, for anything is what's called a neck gaiter, Steve. And, you, you know, when you're out mm-hmm. and that wind's blowing or you're driving the boat having to move from point A to point B, it's, you know, just that little fleece thing that kind of goes around. It's almost like a turtleneck, but it's it's just mm-hmm. something you pull over your head, keeps that neck warm because, you know, if you can keep your inner core warm and keep that heat from leaving, you know, out of that, you're going to last a lot longer on the water than what you do if, if you're out there and you're chilled. Boy, that's so true. Of course, the gator I wear when we go out and shoot has got a little camouflage on it from my, uh, for using it as a, as a hunting uh, while I hunt. But uh, and then, no, those are those are great. Really good gloves. It's not like gloves get better every year. And uh, some of these fishing gloves are just uh, well, they're just must have for the for the guys that are that that are fishing this time of year. But you know, some other great gifts are. For the angler who's actually not getting out on the water as much this time of year, uh, uh, things like, uh, you know, books and DVDs and things like that. Well, it is, uh, you know, and I think education, you know, we, we talk about the, the off-season, if there is such a thing with bass fishing, you know, is a time to kind of revamp set goals, look at planned trips, but also to learn. And, you know, just when I look at some of the things at Bass Edge that we've got there in the e-store, you know, the Bass Edge DVDs, that electronics DVD, I mean, now is the perfect time to uh, make sure that you've got that in your arsenal and get out there and try what we've been talking about so often. Um, You know, and then also, you know, concerning the stocking stuffers, you know, a lot of people I'm sure are going to be getting gift cards where Mm -hmm. they're going to be going out and buying new tackle and the latest and the greatest thing. One of the things that I really like is that go-to tackle system where you put Mm -hmm. that under the lids and you can hang your spinner baits and your plastics and keep them out of the way. Plus it, uh, you know, doesn't take up near as much storage. So, well, that, you know, that, the cook system has become a staple on both of our boats, and uh, as has the locker bar, which is, uh, you know, it's not that, uh, it's kind of like tires and insurance, it's not that sexy gift, but by gosh, uh, it, it, it it's a great thing to have on your boat when somebody tries to uh, uh, borrow some of your equipment uh, well, it is, and you know, just as a reminder, I think for the month of December, kind of the special feature is there anything that you purchase uh, through Bass Edge off the e-store, uh, 100% free shipping, so just kind of an incentive there, a way to say thanks and happy holidays from all of us at Bass Edge. Well, that's a heck of a deal, free shipping, I tell you what, and 
you know, we've got uh, a lot on there. We've got uh, some apparel. We've got DVDs. We've got some tackle, and we've got a couple of pretty nice books on there. Absolutely. So, um, well, Steve, you know, one thing I, I do know is that you are probably itching to get that letter to Santa completed <laughs> so that you can make sure that you get everything that you wanted for. But uh, we had best shut this down. I just want to say thanks to everyone for joining us, and we will be back on December 18th right here on The Edge. So long, everybody. Bass Edge has been brought to you in part by Ditch Witch, Megaware Keel Guard, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Super Start Batteries, Mother's Polishes, Waxes and Cleaners, and Legend Boats. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.